welcome back to How It's Played. My name is Eli Soklin, and joining me along today is... Shweta Sundarajan. And... Zach Reby. Awesome. So, in recent news, according to Wired, uh, Laura Penny, um, Alec Huoka, um, the developer for Night in the Woods, recently committed suicide. Um, there were some questionable things um, that released the week before his suicide, um, especially in regards to um, some allegations against him... Um, in regards to Zoe Quinn, um, while the reports say that his family, um, said that he was suicidal before a lot of people have gone out and said, um, that this was just an effect of cancel culture. Um, it is a little bit weird, um, to hear people saying that, but, um, what are your guys' initial thoughts when like, um, you hear cancel culture? Do you guys know a lot about it initially? Uh, so... I'm going to immediately go very slightly off topic just to explain something. So <laughs> You're good. Uh, and because it's it's relevant to the topic, but um, have either of you heard of the YouTuber ContraPoints at all? Uh, no, not really. Uh, well, the specifics aren't super important, but the gist of it is, is that uh, very recently uh, she made some uh, questionable takes, I'll say, on Twitter to keep it vague. Uh, and she received uh, a lot of legitimate criticism, but at the same time, she also received a lot of harassment, in my opinion, because she is a trans woman and that just tends to draw a lot of harassment on social media platforms. So... The take coming out of that, uh, the end result of that basically was that she ended up deleting her Twitter, which is something that happens uh, pretty frequently when people get harassed online. Um, And the take that I saw that wasn't maybe the dominant one, but the one that I personally agreed with most is that I don't really believe cancel culture is a thing. I think it is intentionally conflating two different things to serve uh, a disingenuous end. I think it is conflating legitimate criticism, criticism of an online personality with harassment to make those two seem equal. So when someone has uh, a questionable action or viewpoint or history, that legitimate criticism of them is treated similarly to how uh, harassment is treated. And that's sort of my take on it. Gotcha. Uh, what are your your initial thoughts when you hear the words cancel culture, Swetha? Um, It's honestly kind of, it's sometimes in some cases, it's not really good. Because, I mean, like, if a celebrity or a prominent figure in society just makes the smallest mistake, there's so much outrage. But then, on the other hand, when there are very problematic uh, famous people on social media uh, and they continue to keep making mistakes by saying, like, racist remarks, homophobic remarks, or anything along that line, uh, I feel like it's good. cancel culture is good then. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, honestly, in my opinion. Um, I mean, like, we can... One example that pops in my head is James Charles and how he's had, like, a history of um, just having racist comments. And then he has had controversies of, like, cancel culture mm-hmm. inflicted yeah. upon him, he's basically. He's the uh, makeup YouTuber or something? Yeah, he's yeah. a makeup like, YouTuber. Okay. I know it doesn't have to do anything with video games, but, like, I don't know why he Well, neither did my, my example, so don't. But, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's it's a double-edged sword. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys heard of Alec Holoka until this event? Um, 
Yes, actually. Uh, Night in the Woods is probably my second favorite game of all time. Wow. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, I've actually, I follow Scott Benson, uh, the lead artist for the game uh, on Twitter, and I have for about a year now. And um, he actually had uh, a very long Medium article that he put up, uh, I believe, about a week after uh, Alex's suicide, mm-hmm. uh, just explaining the situation. Uh, he did have an initial reaction uh, that basically just amounted to him and uh, Bethany, the lead writer on the game, uh, and the people who did the majority of the work after he... I believe all Alec did was basically make the game engine and do some of the music, but I'm not certain on that. So don't, like, quote me. But I... Bethany and uh, Scott Benson did most of the work. Uh, and basically his thing was just, we believe these these this sort of aligns with our experiences with Alec, but we didn't know that it was this bad. He wrote um, a very long post, like I said, and what it basically amounted to was that he had a pretty extensive history of just being very emotionally unstable, um, abusive tendencies, uh, sort of siloing off people he associated with into like different groups so they couldn't corroborate experiences with each other and just a lot of like a history of just very poor behavior overall so it does very much align with the allegations that were placed against him and something that he did note is that it was not uncommon for him especially during his more emotionally volatile moments to threaten suicide to get his way in a situation yeah i think um problematic yeah have you he- have you heard of um, Alakolka or Night in the Woods um, before this event? I have not. I'm not really into the whole gaming scene. So until this news broke, I was kind of unaware about this whole thing. So it is tragic that he took his life, but the circumstances surrounding it <laughs> with allegations against Zoe Quinn, they are not okay. So... Mm. <laughs> now, do you guys feel like, um, granted the allegations did come out... Um, you know, in close relation to his suicide, do you guys feel like that was the primary motivation, motivating factor behind his suicide? Or do you feel like it was simply just due to his, like, um, mentality before those allegations came out and they sort of just pushed him over the edge? I don't think they were, like, the motivating factor, but considering his uh, previous history with mental health and, like you said, uh, threatening suicide whenever he didn't get his way. Um, I definitely think the allegations were a contributing factor to his suicide, but I don't think it's right for people to completely blame Zoe Quinn on uh, his suicide. So Mm -hmm. that's just my opinion, yeah. Um, I mostly agree. Uh, I would definitely agree with the point that Uh, I don't think it's right to blame Zoe Quinn for his actions, Uh, but I do kind of disagree. I do think that it probably was the main motivating factor for why he chose to kill himself. Uh, Something that came up in uh, Scott Benson's article was that he, uh, Alec, had repeated paranoid delusions of thinking people were out to ruin his life and out to get him. And that's not really to say that that's what Zoe Quinn was doing. She was just sharing her experience as a survivor of abuse. But from his perspective, it is definitely very likely that he perceived it as someone actively trying to destroy his life. And it's to me, it makes sense that if he was in an emotion, uh, a mentally fragile state at the time, that that would push him over the edge and lead him to kill himself if uh, assuming the allegations are true which personally i believe they probably are 
Gotcha. Um, and going back to Zoe Quinn, um, Zoe Quinn has been in the gaming industry and in news before, um, specifically with Gamergate back in 2014. Um, just to provide some perspective on Gamergate, um, there was certain um, rumors that um, she, like, the relationship um, issues with her and another developer, and a lot of people went online to basically bash her and um, say a lot of negative things about her and other females in the gaming industry who try to basically support her against all this online hate. Um, and how do you guys feel about um, Gamergate um, back then compared to like these issues now, especially with the recent news um, and their relation to Zoe Quinn? Honestly, it kind of feels like Gamergate Part 2. Because mm. I did an article on Gamergate when it first... Uh, when it not when it first came out but like last year i did yeah. an article on gamergate um and honestly it feels like the same thing again and i was really hoping um that things would change in the industry uh regarding diversity and like inclusive inclusivity for uh women and people of color um but honestly this time around i feel like nothing has really changed mm-hmm. it's just like the same trolls um attacking zoe quinn and fellow female gamers and developers so gotcha so there's a lot to pick apart with gamergate but uh the thing to me that i always just come back to is point number one to deconstruct its entire stated intention because um if you ask someone who supported Gamergate what was it about and they are trying to give you a good impression of it, they'll say it was about ethics and games journalism. It was about trying to hold video games journalists accountable for their actions. And what I always come back to is that, well, why this case? Because even assuming the allegations that they were against Zoe Quinn, that she used sexual favors to get reviews, which is just provably something that didn't happen – uh, why was that the inciting incident and not years before when Jeff Gerstmann, uh, current founder of GiantBomb.com, lost his job at, I believe, GameSpot for providing a poor review to Kanan Lynch 2 after uh, it bought advertisement on their website? Why was that very clear breach of journalistic ethics not an instigating factor to this movement, but a provably false allegation against a woman was, and it lasted for years? Hmm. How do you feel like that, um, like with that kind of history, how does that relate to the current news? Like with especially people attacking Zoe Quinn um, today and saying that she was the cause for um, Alex's death? Well, I, I think the simplest way to put it without getting too deep into it is just that a large contingent of online gamer culture, uh, especially on like 4chan and Reddit, is deeply, deeply reactionary and is extremely maladjusted when it comes to seeing women or people who are dissimilar to themselves in games or in the game community. Hmm. Um, going back to the um, industry overall, how do you feel like the uh, industry has changed? Has it changed in its views um, of defending men I guess in these certain allegations, or do you feel like, um, like there has been sort of like a step back again? That's why I thought you were shaking your head. I mean, me personally, from what I've seen, I honestly think um, in some sectors of the industry as whole, there has been steps taken forward, but in this certain case, it has been shown that like this is definitely a step back. 
because I mean like it I've seen like the same baseless um, accusations like people are saying like oh Zoe Quinn you essentially killed Alec Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say his last name, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a little tricky. Yeah, so people are just it, like you said, Fortune uh, mm-hmm. and Reddit. They're all like it's so reactionary. The re- um, so it's just it's not good. It's no bueno. Mm-hmm. So um, my take would be, I think it's sort of important to draw a distinction between uh, the gaming community in on like the developer side and the gaming community on the community side i guess yeah um i think developers i have quite a few issues with almost every major game developer out there but they tend to at least give nominal lip service to issues of uh diversity and inclusivity uh even if it's probably not the most honest or earnest it is still there it is mostly on the community end that is uh deeply sexist homophobic transphobic all that unpleasantness yeah, it's definitely really hard to gauge whether or not a company is sincere with its mm-hmm. messages and stuff because they can release as many PR statements as they wish, but we don't want really know anything until we see yeah. their actions. Like, um, do you follow Cyberpunk 2077 at all? Yeah. Uh, so the thing that I thought was kind of interesting is uh, sort of following almost the 180 on reactions that certain uh, communities have had in regards to that game because um, – a couple months back, I believe over the summer, maybe early in the summer, someone on their social media account made uh, just a very lame, uh, like, did you just assume my gender joke on the official Twitter? And it got like mild blowback from people who were like, that's just a lame joke. And it generated a ton of support from, you know, 4chan V board types. But then very recently, they announced that uh, Cyberpunk 2077 wasn't going to have uh, gender is a selectable option in character creation. It was going to be uh, you would select the masculine or feminine voice and select the masculine or feminine body type. And they got like a lot of blowback from people who were previously super supportive of them for that, which I just thought was really interesting and strange. Yeah, definitely. Um Going back to the um, recent news, why do you feel like there's a lot of stories about abuse coming out now and instead of simply just back then? I think it's more of to do with the Me Too movement as mm-hmm. well, because, I mean, the Me Too movement has basically exploded and expanded, and it's basically permeating into all um, industries, including the gaming industry. So, um, I mean... As an outsider, I've always seen gaming uh, culture as, like, very male only and more specifically, like, very, like, white male only. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, until recent years, and I've never really seen female gamers or even game developers in that industry. So I think with the advent of Me Too, um, a lot of the woman developers or any queer uh, people of color developers or players are speaking out um on that because they feel emboldened and empowered um so yeah yeah uh what are your thoughts about this current movement in the industry um i don't know if i have a good answer as to why it's happening more frequently i think part of it might just be uh social media has fully saturated 
Western civilization at this point. So people who previously didn't have a voice now at least have some outlet to the outside world. Uh, Me Too is definitely helping. I feel like um, for as much blowback as it's gotten from uh, certain sectors of the populace, it has uh, sort of ingrained this notion to believe people when they come forward with stories of abuse, and that's probably helped. But as to why specifically, I don't think that's a question I'm necessarily equipped to answer. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really good point that you said that social media has a really great presence um, for the Me Too movement. Um, I think um, it has its benefits, but also has its drawbacks. Um, in recent news, uh, sort of continuing on, there was a uh, tweet by uh, Matt Pat from, you know, Game Theory, and he basically tweeted a presentation that uh, showed Etika, which is as you guys yeah, might super know. Super Smash Brothers Super Smash Brothers personality, super um, energetic, who also committed suicide recently. And um, as part of the title, he said that Etika's death was related to cancel culture. Um, mm. What were your initial thoughts on seeing this tweet, guys? <laughs> I mean, I have choice things I could say about Matt Pat <laughs> that I won't on this podcast because it'll make more work for whoever has to edit it. But it just sort of goes back to what I was saying earlier about like just sort of the complete denigration of cancel culture is a valuable concept because it's basically just come to any time a social media or internet personality uh, has any kind of creative blowback or mental health episode that results in them hurting themselves. It's just like this weird first scapegoat for people to throw to. And even when it makes absolutely no sense, like in this instance. Mm -hmm. Like I said, cancel culture is a double-edged sword. Yeah. So... While MatPat kind of got half of it, maybe, like, I don't think it's just, like, all due to cancel culture. Because, I mean, like, I I looked up Etika and um, kind of controversy surrounding him. Like, uh, he's had, um, like, a channel, like, violation. Like, his YouTube channel yeah. has, like, violated policies. And uh, he got removed from Twitch. Yeah. So, I mean... Potentially, these um, negative events that have happened in his career and his life may have built up. And it, it is worth mentioning that Etika has repeatedly over the years had um, mental health issues. Um, I believe, to my knowledge, he's never seeked like therapy or medication, and it's exactly. resulted in some very extreme episodes. Uh, also, he he absorbs um, from watching a lot of his videos. He absorbs like insults a lot, and he mm -hmm. he actually like right. when people start insulting him, he like. Um, he'll just like absorb it a lot, which and like, he internalizes it. He internalizes it a lot, and it, it's just like really frustrating to look back on those clips. And like a lot of people, I remember when the news broke out about his death, like a lot of people were really sad. And like looking back on the clips where people were just talking negatively towards him during his streaming and stuff, like like those are the people that really got to him. Like granted, like he might have an upbeat personality, but like at the end of the day, those things stick with him. I feel like it's it's like another thing of like rather than like cancel culture, I think it's more of like mental health and like awareness. Yeah, in Etika's case especially. Yeah, in Etika's case, and I mean like the fact that he didn't seek mental health like like uh, treatment mm -hmm. um, that may have pushed him over. And I mean like gaming is all, like it can be a community. For yeah. people, like, it can be a safe space for mm -hmm. a lot of people, and I've seen that, but it can also be a place of, mm -hmm. 
like hate and like I've I've heard like people just over when when they're playing games like over the headsets like there's a lot of insults like being thrown um and it's just like honestly as an outsider I'm like whoa that's that's not okay like even in like whether it be in like real life or even if it's just a game that's not okay like Mm -hmm. you can't just call someone all these different slurs you know or names because that takes a toll well i think what part of it is is that uh particularly the type of community that gets that can only really exist over online only interactions tends to be very negative like um I'm very active in uh, Ball State Super Smash Brothers Club. Uh, back in my hometown, I've been moderately active in uh, Magic the Gathering communities and fighting game communities. And in my experience, it's not absolute, and there have been people who I would rather never meet again in those groups. But uh, when you're meeting someone face-to-face in a local environment, that tends to be the more positive representatives of that community and that group. Because, you know, if someone's crappy they tend to get kicked out or if not explicitly then implicitly by just no one wanting to associate with them and eventually they take the hint and stop showing up but that doesn't happen on the internet so what happens is is that the very worst of a community ends up festering because uh they can't get really removed from an anonymous image board or website or even like uh because a lot of games don't really have robust uh like ways for permanently banning players they can't they do something yeah. really bad. Yeah, so they they like League of Legends is notorious for its toxic community. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is just because uh you can hide behind a screen. Yeah, that's and what it say is. whatever you want cuz your face like you're not it, it's easy to dehumanize someone when they're just you don't see the their screen. face, yeah. Yeah. Uh what are your guys' thoughts on um the people who say, "Oh, it's just people who are being soft." Like they're like back in my day in Xbox 360, um, like they're like our original. Like if you went on a Halo match and you got called all these insults, well then you just had to take it. Like what are your guys' thoughts on the people who you are usually negative and who just say to suck it up? I think it's just kind of a fundamental misunderstanding of how communication works. Like <laughs> the kind of jokes that it's okay to make at a friend's expense or in a small personal group of people who know each other's boundaries is very different from what it's okay to say to a complete stranger. Mm-hmm. Also, people have different thresholds and yeah. uh, where certain words have certain meanings and certain implications for each person. So one like if i mean (laughs) i don't even know how to put this but like um i I know that some words don't have as an impact to some of my friends because i've talked to them about that and i'm like hey like this is okay right like we can call each other uh this and that but like if i was with a complete stranger and i was like hey like blah 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 like that would not be okay with them because that word will have a certain implication towards that person so i think it's just people kind of not trying to be in other person's in another person's shoes essentially like they're not trying to see it from their from another from another perspective wow i can't talk there's this fallacious assumption that's because i would be okay or at least because i think i would be okay with hearing this or being called this it means everyone else should be and it's their problem for not being okay with it right Mm -hmm. 
you. Because yeah. the, the funny thing to me is that in my experience, the people who are most likely to say that are often enormously thin skinned if you ever actually direct criticism even mildly at them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it all goes back to um, not only the like mentality of uh, people online, mm-hmm. but I think it like I think it all goes back to like what is okay for some people and what are not like the equality of what is allowed in the exchange of two people and talking about um, the <laughs> some equality and some issues between um, permissions uh, <laughs> going back into the whole um, misconduct um, area there there's been a lot of news regarding pro Jared oh uh, <laughs> you were, what were you saying? do you wanna Starter. Um, <laughs> um, just to provide some uh, background for people, um, I would say this is probably the biggest uh, sexual misconduct in the industry currently. God, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> it's a mess. Um, it's... So to to weave a little story, um, this year his wife and him divorced because he was cheating on her. Um, and also sending nudes to underage girls. Oh, wow. Um According to um, the gamer, Jared released a video last week saying that he wasn't aware of the age of that he was sending like of girls that he was sending nudes to. Also, he was saying that his wife basically like kept like clung, clung on to him, so he was quote forced to cheat. Oh um, no! And like he's gone what? back on his word a lot of times. He was saying like he's been forced to cheat that he hasn't cheated and like a uh, lot of these questionable I believe a while the the um, <laughs> official statement was that they were in an open relationship and i think there's some truth to that but it's extremely unclear yeah there's uh, there's been a lot of questionable things with it okay uh, um and the, also according to um to like twitter and like um his wife's um twitter page she basically um said that um, Jared told her point Blake in quotes, she says, I own my infidelity. That's what it was and there's no excuse. Um, and now basically she's saying that like he is denying everything and basically just saying like everything I've said in the past, it doesn't matter. Everyone's lying to you. Just listen to me. Okay. Go I swear, <laughs> this guy, I don't think he took, like, 10th grade English because he does not know how to construct a proper argument. Like, he is just, like, all over the place because I, I watched a little bit of the video and then I was just, like, if I watch any more, my brain is going to explode from all the contradictions. Yeah. Because um, I... So, I remember Pro Jared saying that, like, his Tumblr site... um was quote unquote an open invitation for consulting adults but um and he provided screenshots of conversations he had with underage girls Mm -hmm. and literally in uh, the screen grabs it was uh he did ask like how old are you and then the girl was like oh i'm old enough like i'm i'm over 18 and he was like oh okay like let's proceed yeah okay Mm -hmm. You cannot take a teenage girl face value. It, it was the ver- barest possible just due diligence. Po- like, yeah. yeah. Like, he literally was like, oh, are you overage? And then the girl was like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> and, like, even when you move away from the territory of him intentionally doing it, it's like the best 
you can possibly say the situation is that what he was doing was one gross because uh, uh, internet personality soliciting nudes from their fans is just really weird and two stupid because he had you know no verification process for this and was just willing to believe anyone at face value like did he not see the whole lawsuit coming like I, I have no idea. It, it just it doesn't make sense at all. It, when I first heard about the controversy, it was when um, Pro Jared and um, Heidi sort of divorced, and she sort tw- of divorced. Well, well yeah, definitely <laughs> divorced. Um, and she went on Twitter and basically said, "Here's the entire reasoning." It was like like history of abuse and cheating on her, mm. and just like a lot of questionable things and. Basically, a lot of people are, like, especially with this controversy coming back up, um, and with him posting a video, like a f- really long video like saying, a like, forty minute video, like saying that I think the title is called like they're li- the media. You is, uh, you have been lied to. You, all caps. You yeah, have all been caps. lied to, which basically says, "Don't believe anyone. Believe me." <laughs> Gives me very Alex Jones vibes. Yeah, and he looks like a mess. Well, on the video. if we're talking about he does. he does, but if we're talking about vibes, uh, so something that I just saw right after this is that um, it was he was featured in an ad that was on Twitter, uh, and it was for a clothing company that I think was partially owned or run. I'm not sure of the exact situation by uh, Commander Holly, the uh, woman he was accused of cheating on his wife with and it was him wearing a t-shirt that had like a little stylized graphic of just the word canceled which just very much reminded do you remember the louis ck thing from like was it like a year ago now yeah well did you did you see the fault on that where it was like his first stand-up bit after coming back uh Uh, coming back from where (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was just it it reminds me of that because in the immediate aftermath of all the louis ck stuff coming out he there was an official statement that was put out with something like he's gonna go quiet for a while and learn to listen and learn to be a better person and he didn't yeah he didn't like deny any of it and there was the implication that he like okay i'm gonna actually try to learn from this and maybe become a better person and then the first stand-up bit that he did coming back was just him leaning really hard into the people uh who defended him in the aftermath that there was a lot of like making fun of college kids making there i think there was like a literal attack helicopter joke which is just the most blase thing you can possibly make if you're drawing for like quote unquote offensive humor and it reminds me of that because it's just like uh immediately when you come back just denying any attempted improvement just shoving off all blame and leaning hard into the people who supported you in the immediate aftermath of the accusation rather than actually trying to show any kind of self-improvement honestly for people who have been quote-unquote canceled i feel like being humble is the best way of coming back but like literally pro jared did the complete opposite and that just makes him look like even more of a fool and in um in his video he knowingly admits uh he uh, he encouraged interactions with minors like he admits his crime of being a pedophile which i don't know what he's on but like it's yeah. it's just insane to to me the worst part of that video is that he uh 
showed the social media profiles of the people who accused him without any kind of redactions. And yeah. he's, he says something to the effect of don't harass them, but it's, but, he knows what he's doing. But you're literally he, he either, I should say, if he doesn't know, then he's a moron. So either way, there's not a good defense of it. It's just something you shouldn't do. Honestly, on a side note, as someone who didn't know Pro Jared before this controversy broke, uh, I found a picture of him, and he low-key kind of looks like a pedophile. Yeah. He's just... I I didn't want to take it there, but he is kind of a strange-looking man. Um, Yeah, even more so that this controversy broke, so... Going back to the whole canceled business, um, it is very interesting how, like, he was wearing a shirt that said canceled. Um, I... think it's a really weird thing that like I feel like they're embracing the people who yeah, just inherently mm. just defend them. It, and it's, it's like, because oh, you can turn being canceled into a piece of marketing appeal now yeah. because there are people who will reflexively defend anyone who's been quote unquote canceled. Yeah. And looking at YouTube right now, the video actually has two point nine million views. It's a giant jump of like his yeah. like view count. Like oh and God. like honestly, if he's making money off of this, like He's making Which, bank. Yeah, he's making a ton of money off of this. Jeez. Um, and it's just sort of crazy, like, how much, like, granted, like, you have to think about it. Like, yes, what has happened in recent terms is, like, really negative, but he's the one who's profiting off of this. Yeah. Heidi is just there taking the blunt of everything. It, it's actually very similar to what happened to... Uh, someone who I think he was associated with for a long time, but JonTron a couple years ago, if either of you remember know about that. Oh, yeah, just a little bit. Um, But, like, I think it's really interesting how a lot of these public figures, um, especially within, like, the, um, I would say, the community side of things, not really the developer kind Mm -hmm. of side of things, they really take this power that they have and really just utilize it, like, which is sort of, like, sad and, like, really horrible, but it's totally something that they do, like, when I was looking up articles for this podcast itself, there was a ton of videos and there was a ton of articles saying, like, like in defense of pro Jared, it's like the yeah, story you knew, were. the story you never knew, and, and they, like, they were all cartoon drawings of a character with their arms folded and wearing a suit because that's what all of those channels have is their icons. Yeah, um, do you feel? Do you guys feel like this is a um, bigger problem in the gaming industry in regards to social media people? Do you feel like it's not just pro Jared and it's overall like an issue that um, if something was to come up, you feel like anyone would defend those social media people no matter what? Well, did you hear about what uh, happened with PewDiePie literally today? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he or Today as of recording, I should say. Yeah, um, he retracted, wasn't it like $50,000? $50,000 from the ADL Yeah. Uh, after backlash from his community. Yeah, but that's not a lot of money for him, let's be honest. Well, it's just funny to me because he... I don't think PewDiePie is... A Nazi in an active sense. I mostly just think he's really, really dumb. But uh, yeah, it's just the immediate retraction of trying to rehabilitate his image when confronted with the reality that his fan base is full of literal Nazis is just... I, I don't have a word for it other than pathetic, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you guys feel like... Um, what would be the proper steps? Um, because... 
for um, PewDiePie, like you said, he like retracted like a lot of money. Like, do you guys feel like that's like the proper steps to do something like this, or do you feel like um, they have to be more like humble about it and say like, hey, I'm gonna step back for a solid bit and just not do anything? I feel like the latter of being humble and stepping back, because I mean, um, as a public figure, you have an impact on a lot more people. Mm-hmm. So you, as a public figure, you have a certain amount of responsibility. And, like, for a lot of video game, like, YouTubers and stuff, a lot of young kids watch them. Like, I know, like, a lot of middle schoolers um, watch these channels. And the comments that are, and the comments and the stuff that are said on these videos can negatively impact a lot of kids especially a lot of young kids that are watching them so i mean i definitely think if a controversy comes about mm-hmm. like that certain person they should definitely step back and issue an apology and kind of f- focus that time on getting better and providing a better image image especially to their younger viewers so mm. yeah um sort of moving on there is some good news recently yeah, besides yeah. all the all the downer news um, in one of our previous podcasts, we actually talked about um, Riot Games and how they had like several workplace issues with sexism in its office. And it's been a year since all those things came out. Oh. And um, according to Kotaku by Cecilia De Anatizio, uh, the company has made major strides in its workplace. Um, some of these strides include a new chief diversity officer bringing two more women on the leadership team, implementing over 12,000 hours of diversity training, and partnering up with other organizations like Girls Who Code. Um, going back on to Riot Games itself, do you feel like this has done enough to sort of mend their wrongs that um, they've had in their workplace before? I, <laughs> I, like, I don't... It, it, I'm going to have to see how it pans out because it's very easy to do all of these things and then not follow up on it. Um, Like, I believe Riot also got in trouble recently for, like, or not in trouble, but got negative blowback for anti-union stuff. I'm not sure if that's true. That might have been a different company. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say that with certainty. I'm pretty sure it was Riot. But just Riot in general. Um, I played League of Legends. I haven't played it in about three or four years now, but I played it a lot during high school. So I, I have some affinity to their uh, one and only game until they finally do something with the Rising Thunder team that they bought like three years ago, but that's beside the point. But I just don't know if I have a ton of faith in them actually making good on these changes and it not just being a PR move. Hmm. Um, I think it's a step in the right direction, but uh, like you said, if there's not more, like if they don't follow up on that, it's just an empty promise. But I definitely think it's a good step in uh, kind of clearing their name with all like that have been muddled with all these concerns so good luck right games please don't let us down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i think it's really important to um like you guys said like that these steps are very vital but it's we're just gonna have to wait and see until like do any more reports from their employees come out saying like hey this mm. these things are still going on is, is there actually a meaningful cultural shift or is it they spent a hundred thousand, however much dollars, to start a bunch of these initiatives, put up some posters, and pretend like the problem went away. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, do you guys feel like there's other steps that they can do to improve their workplace? Granted, like they did do like all those things I listed, but do you feel like there's something that might be missing from that? Maybe hiring more female workers, I guess, or like having a more diverse workforce maybe. But I mean, like said before, I think it needs to, all these changes need to be like implemented and see how it pans mm -hmm. out before they can kind of go forward and add or make changes to what has already been implemented. So, yeah. Um, I, my main reservation and the reason why I'm a little pessimistic about this actually uh, change coming about into anything meaningful is that if I'm remembering the allegations against Riot correctly, uh, I think the the mal the accusations of the malfeasance were coming from the top. Like it was accusations of like uh, people high up in the company uh, acting inappropriately and such and so forth. So. I, I don't believe anyone's resigned or been fired, to my knowledge. It's possible that's inaccurate. But if the people who were most responsible for perpetrating uh, the abuse and the harassment are still at the top of the company, I don't realistically seeing any meaningful change occurring because the same people are still going to be in power. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing, um, we like... I don't. I didn't remember hearing any reports of anyone being fired. But in terms of people being hired on, the new chief diversity officer, 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 uh, she said that she has never played any of their games before. Uh, game um, singular. Oh, Riot, yeah. Riot Games with an S has published exactly one video game. Gotcha. And they're like wow. nine years as a studio, I believe. Wow. But um, yeah, she said she's never played um any of Riot games game before um, uh, which is a very significant thing because uh, previous reports had a lot of like women in their uh, company question whether or not they're actual true gamers I guess like a lot of them it's were such like a silly critique to yeah me. it's such a silly critique like, especially for like what is effectively an HR position yeah like, if it was a developer maybe there's some credence to saying you should know how games work but she's she's just a human uh, resources employee but like the the important thing is like I think it's important to note that just because you're like an employee in a company doesn't mean you have to be passionate about that certain subject because um, Nintendo actually like how they hire people on they actually d hire people who aren't really invested in games they hire p developers who have never really touched games or aren't like gamers themselves I think it um, granted like it it does two things the first thing is that like the people who are in that industry aren't obsessed with the things that they are making they aren't like stuck in the past with nostalgia and they're like oh, Nintendo's the greatest thing in the world. I only play Nintendo games. Like, you're getting literal outsiders from the industry. And second off, you don't have that kind of culture where a lot of people are literally saying, oh, I don't think my coworker is much of a gamer. I don't think they should be here. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Shweta, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, uh, um, I think what Nintendo do is doing is actually a good tactic that I never really thought of but um i don't really have much to say because i mean i'm not i don't really know how video game companies work or like uh yeah i'm kind of drawing a blank here man yeah that's all right granted like video game companies in the end they're just like any other company they always which have is to, to say pure evil 
Yeah, yeah. Look at EA. <laughs> look at EA games. Um, they're always meant to make a profit. Um, I feel like a lot of people treat game companies like they're different, um, but they're, they're not. but they're not. They're all, they they're always... actually much worse than most other companies because a lot of dev teams are basically hired mercenary hired on as mercenaries and then uh, fired or laid off as soon as a project is finished. Yeah. I think. Uh, video game companies have the most like layoff uh, yeah it's, turnover, it's insane or, mm-hmm. is it turnover rate I don't know yeah it's turnover yeah rate, well it's because beyond just generally having terrible working conditions they're also yeah. extremely poorly paid for programmers like well below market rate yeah. for what they'd get if they were in like web development yeah right. you get paid a pretty penny in that but um it, I think it's really interesting like it's such a harsh environment not only financially but like it, to get into games itself, like as a developer or mm-hmm. for anyone, like it's such a sought after position, and the people who are there are very like harsh, and they mm-hmm. like yeah. they because they earn that spot, and their mentality is very defensive. They're like, "Oh, you're a newbie in this company, like you don't deserve to be here." I think that really pushes those like aggressive, like very like gender stereotypes especially like a lot of them have oh. like, and it doesn't help that management can effectively just lay off whoever they want whenever they want because there's basically an endless supply of starry-eyed 22 year olds who want to make mario yeah and i mean like uh i was doing i mean i was actually watching an episode of the patriot act by with Hasan Minhaj who covered this issue and um there's like kind of a segment on how there's literally no employee benefits mm-hmm. at these companies like so they don't get healthcare or any of the good stuff you need to live you know <laughs> um and it's just like you get laid off and you get I don't think you get like any severance oh no or any yeah. of the benefits so I mean like it kind of sucks yeah so yeah it's it's really interesting um just the gaming industry in general um but going forward do you guys think that there's going to be like a lot of major changes with um gender equality especially in the industry itself or or do you feel like it's going to always be sort of cutthroat i definitely think that um in terms of community specifically um there is awareness coming about um like uh women in gaming and like people of color and queer people and so on and so forth um so maybe it can get better but i'm kind of skeptical with the whole um zoe quinn thing gamergate part two essentially um in terms of like corporate uh i kind of have faith um due to like riot games Mm -hmm. and their whole um renovation quote-unquote yeah so um Maybe things can get better for people actually, like, working and making games. Uh, but, like, community, I don't really have that much faith. Because uh, <laughs> douchebags will be douchebags. The so. internet is a dangerous place. Oh. It is. So, I guess my take, uh, at the risk of being slightly class reductionist, would be that I think that... Uh, Things will get better for everyone as things get better for workers in general. And to sort of tie it back into what we said at the beginning, uh, Scott Benson, or to tie it back all together, Scott Benson, one of the people who worked on Night in the Woods, is a huge, huge supporter of uh, organizing a uh, game developers union similar to the Studio Actors Guild or uh, any other union group that exists for the film industry. And I think that just providing those basic... uh, I guess, protections for 
uh, work, low-level workers in game studios would do a lot to help people because I think a lot of the hostility does just stem from the very poor working conditions that they deal with. Hmm. Um, so you talked a lot about the kind of hurdles that um, mm-hmm. are kind of challenging in this industry. How do you think that they're able to tackle those in the future? Do you feel like um, unions will be enough to overthrow the industry, or do you think that um, it'll just take some greater movement besides just the unions? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Do, I, do you want me to pull out my DSA card to explain what I think should happen? Because that might not be okay for this podcast, but I think unions <laughs> are a good first step. Gotcha. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, unions could work, but I definitely think they need a bit more help and push. So I don't know, like time will tell, I guess. Um, Do you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap up our podcast? Uh, Night in the Woods is a really good video game. and It's on at like every console, so you should buy it. Gotcha. (laughs) Shweta, do you have any final thoughts? Hold on, I'm pulling Uh, my final thoughts up. Ooh. Um, Okay, so to quote the Wired article by... Lori Penny, I yeah. think. Um, there was a there's like a section in it that really resonated with me, and basically what it is is um, the message from like the whole like uh, what's what's her name uh, Quinn yes uh, and uh, Alec. Um, <clears throat> so basically, um, men's mental health matters more than women's, and basically like that men's suffering and self loathing is treated as a public concern because like men are permitted to be real human beings whereas like women are just kind of treated as objects like whether it be in games or um in the community as well just like expendable and just not really like real like real things and real people essentially so um i mean think about the whole like think about Zoe Quinn's mental health. Yeah. Like she's receiving all of this abuse, but no one cares about what she's going through. Everyone just cares like about Alec and his his mental health that like led to his demise. So mm-hmm. those are very good and valid points. Well, this has been how it's played. Uh joining me along today was Zach Ruby. Awesome. And Shweta Sundarajan. Awesome. And I have been Eli Sukland, your host. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. Make sure to check us out on ByteBSU.com along with Facebook, social, or Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, practically everywhere on the internet. And this has been How It's Played. <laughs>